This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We're about to have another visit with Bob Elliott and Ray Golding, better known as just Bob and Ray. Now, it's only been a few weeks since I've been programming some of their broadcasts, so a bit of a Bob and Ray tutorial might be in order for the uninitiated in the audience. Bob and Ray were an American comedy duo whose career spanned five decades. They were regulars on NBC's Monitor, often on standby to go on air at short notice if the program's planned segments develop problems, and they were also heard in a surprising variety of formats and time slots. Now, they began as radio announcers, Elliot a disc jockey and Golding a newsreader, in Boston with their own separate programs on station WHDHAM, and each would visit the other while on the air, and their informal banter was so appealing that the station would call on them as a team to fill in when Red Sox baseball broadcasts were rained out. Elliot and Golding, not yet known as Bob and Ray, would improvise comedy routines all afternoon and joke around with studio musicians. Their brand of humor caught on, and uh, the station gave them their own weekday show in 1946. Well, here's kind of an interesting little bit. During that same period, they did an audience participation game show. It's called Pick and Play with Bob and Ray, uh, very short-lived. It, it came at a time when network pages filled seats for radio TV shows by giving tickets to anyone in the street. And on Pick and Play, the two comics were occasionally booed by audience members unfamiliar with Bob and Ray's comedy style. So tonight we visit the boys as they sounded on August 19th of 1949. Ow! Hey girls, everybody ready? Smatting off with Ray and Bob! more about it, in fact. Probably about 23 minutes of it. I should imagine. Incidentally, friends, we have Ken Wilson back with us today after a three-week vacation. Ken? Oh, boy. Oh, no, you went away, were you? Was no, it's Bill you... Green who was away. Oh, that's right. We've been no, using he a... wasn't. He wasn't back. We've been using a player piano in his absence, played by Leo Egan. It sounded pretty good, too. There's a letter in this morning's mail inquiring if Leo wears one of those beanies with the propeller. The answer is yes, Yes, definitely. he does, and he wears horn-rimmed glasses and a goatee. But I got a funny word for you. That's not a hat he's wearing. That propeller grows in his head. Is that so? Sure, it's the only way. That's how Leo gets up and down out of the broadcasting booth. See, there it is. Beano Beanie. Put the television camera on, Leo, please. Switch the camera over there, please. Number three. So we can all see. There it is on the monitor. I was talking with Mr. Egan just this morning. I couldn't avoid it. He came in the room. Oh, yeah. And uh, he started to talk about the Red Sox. He figures they'll win the pennant. They'll cinch it by this Friday, this coming Friday. They'll have it in the bag by Friday. Well, they can't lose by then, he Mm -hmm. says. 
Yeah. He said the Yankees are going to go into a long losing long streak. Slug, he predicts yeah. they'll lose 10 or 11 in a row, uh-huh. along with Cleveland, and he figures the Red Sox I will not lose a game from here out. I can't picture Leo saying anything like that. Well, I don't know, but he was eating a jelly sandwich at the oh, time. Oh, boy, he went right out on a limb, didn't he? Sure he did. Well, we'll watch his prediction. With watch for Leo in his new column, that, which will be uh, published in Cattleman's Monthly Magazine starting in September. All called, eyes. Called, what? I look at baseball, hey. All eyes are glued on Leo Egan, and he looks funny that way with his eyes glued on. Speaking he? of eyes and being glued on, where's your eyelid shirt, Bill? I haven't seen that since last summer. That was stolen, I believe. Oh, was that? Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. That's the second one. If anyone has a blue eyelid sports shirt that they'd like to donate to Green, he's in the market. You mean that somebody else in this world could wear a shirt of yours, Bill? I mean, and, and I can't understand. You that. know what he just had me do? What? And until I got so far into this thing that I couldn't do anything about it. I, 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 if I'd known beforehand, I never would have done it. He took me across the street to the Statler Hotel. Excuse me, Bob, but your finger's in my eye. I'm sorry, excuse me. Did you know your coat sleeves on fire? Oh, oh, thanks. He took me over there through the bar. Then he stood at the door. Well, actually, he, he took stood you at the it. door to the, what room is that? The, the, the terrace room. Thing. Uh-huh. People eating in there. Here I am, a public figure. One of the greatest, Bob. One of the most famous. He points over to the piano at the far side of the room and says, see that piano? To the left of the piano on the floor is a copy of Who's It's from Massachusetts. Will you go and get it? He has a sports shirt on, so I have to go because I'm naturally dressed to kill. To the is that right you... through the dining room, I have to go and pick up his music. Is that where you two were hurrying when he, I saw you on last? On top of that, he tipped me a quarter afterwards. Couldn't well, have been a, 50 cents. Well, that was a 50 cent job. I would have demanded 50 cents no. for that, Bob. It's pretty embarrassing. You know? I understand there are big things in store for that song. I can't divulge them as yet. Listen to my next broadcast a week from tonight at the same time. And now, 30. That will be denied, however. What? It uh, will be? Sure. Well, you've got more information on it than I have. It right? will be denied, but we know it's true. Here's a commercial. Chesterfield over and over again. Chesterfield satisfy women and men. Milder, much milder, all smokers agree. Always by Chesterfield A, B, C. The ice cubes are off. Hey, I'm told that Chesterfield is celebrating a birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Chesterfield. Congratulations to you, Chesterfield. And if you look under the dining room table, you'll find cigars for Daddy. I, I, Old I, man Chesterfield. I wonder if they, the Chesterfield people smoke cigars. Do you think they do, any of their employees? Or is that, that punishable by 20 lashes if they're caught? I don't know. Do you ever notice a parking space outside of an automobile manufacturing company? You say the Ford plant. You see all Fords. <laughs> I don't know. That's you, propaganda, I think. What can they do, I suppose, if a fellow drives in with a Plymouth, it's curtains. No, you have that wrong, though. Oh, I have it wrong, everybody. <clears throat> they they bring all the Fords out, and they park them out in front. They don't belong to the workers. The workers have to hide their cars about three miles and walk to the factory. Oh, honest? Sure. Well, I didn't know that, Bob. Sure. Gee, thanks. Sure. Enough of this funny stuff. Let's get serious for a moment and listen to two of the most underrated musicians in the world. That's a fact. You two fellows could join on with the Boston Pops in the morning. Or the symphony, even. Sure you could. There's no doubt about it. Ken, is there any is there any uh, symphony orchestra that has a staff organist, or do they all? They all, they they all do. do. How many concerts call for an organ? I mean, is, are, there, are there many composers? But they have to get paid standby just the same. Name one, for instance. Name one what? One concert where the where they have to have an organ. In the Richard Strauss Also Sprach Zarathustra. 
Listen, I speak English your around here. Don't will you? you talk to me like that, Ken Wilson? You can't get away with that. Come on, that. play your music. Cut his microphone uh, cut him from off. here on, what will you? No pay for you, Wilson, talking like that. Go ahead that. and play that first number uh, you got there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. special musical form by Ken and Bill. What are you doing this evening? Now, isn't this going to be a wonderful night to go out for dinner? <laughs> isn't it? Well, okay, stay home. Hands on that. Say, so look, I know just the spot in case you have the money. Put down the top or open the windows in the car. And tonight you better put on your bearskin, too, I think, if you do take down the top. And go bathing in the moonlight. No, no. And head for the casino... At Mongolia. It's the kind that's of... That's Magnolia, Ray. That's I Magnolia. just had a late cor- correction on that. Thank you. It's the kind of drive that sets you up for a glorious evening along the North Shore, colorful, straight Route 127 from Salem to Magnolia with a view of Gloucester Harbor when you arrive. Stroll in. Have a cocktail at the bar. Slam the door. Act as if you are somebody. Be boorish about it all. Uh, have people hate you. Order dinner if you wish. And uh, you can have a delicious meal for a dollar eighty-five. Dance where the cool ocean breezes join you. And remember, there's no music like Sammy Eisen's music. 
stage theme song, I'm Coming from Alabama. With so don't hat. delay. The uh, the ending is uh, something that you'll notice on each of those numbers that Sammy plays. He always has that own uh, little ending, which is uh, particularly his very special origination. Uh -huh. Would you try that ending just a little bit again so they'll recognize the Eisen brand of music? Oh, and one more And they thing. always end that way, too. One more thing, friends. Between dances, be sure to drop into the barber shop and get shaved there at the casino. If it's possible, come clean shaven if you can. Yeah, we, uh, it, it, if you can come to casino, uh, clean, swell. We like it that way. If not, if, if not, you, you can bathe in the moonlight. If you're when coming you right there. out from the factory, we have showers and a barbershop there for you. And remember, you can rent shoes. Caution, manicurist in attendance. Now then, let's see. Oh, yes, and a registered sleepwalker is there also. There's never a cover, and all the prices are very reasonable. And remember, the casino at Magnolia is open for luncheon, too, as well as dining and dancing every night. Take the kids along. They'll get a kick out of the roller coaster. <laughs> Sunday dinner all day, too. So whenever you want a good time, be smart. Go to the casino at Magnolia. Tonight is another big night at the casino. We're looking forward to yeah, give a us great a visit. Down because down Bob and I... Make it free. There's no expense should be spared on this. Tonight only, Bob and Ray will be there. Gee whiz, what so fun we'll have. Make your reservations now in case the ropes are up. So we hope to see all our friends up that way, out there, beautiful casino. Howdy, Ray. Howdy, Bob. Hello. Howdy, Ken, Bill, Leo, Normie. Hello, Tex. Charlie. Say, we got a whole crowd here. Don't forget my two cousins. Howdy, cousins. That's fine. I brought my little brother along with me, too. Say a few words, little brother. Howdy, folks. That's enough. Now go back there in the corner. Howdy, folks. That's all right, little brother. He likes to say hello two or three times. Hello, folks. That's three times. Go over and sit down. All righty. How you been, Ray, since I saw you last? Oh, not bad. Same old thing. Brain surgery. Medical man. That's what I am. You're related to Dr. Fish, the famous sturgeon? <laughs> that was Bob Elliott, everybody. I don't want to be blamed for that one. Just remember that. I better go now, I guess. Uh, the boys are waiting for me down in the beach wagon downstairs. It's painted black and says police department on it, incidentally. <laughs> we call it our beach wagon, though. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Uh, hey, look here. This is nonsense, Bob. It's getting us nowhere. This program will not win any awards this year. Remember last year we won all... a nasty shock. I thought last we year were... we won all kinds of uh, awards. For instance, we, we uh, received the most heroic award. Remember yes. Webley Webster come up from Canton? That's right. We were the bravest people on the radio. That's How right. we dared stay there, nobody knew. And we received several other awards that I forget offhand, but I have them all home in my trophy room. We were selected men of the month by Cattleman's monthly magazine. That's right. I think Hobo News wrote us up, didn't they? Yeah, there was a beautiful picture spread of us in Hobo News. Yeah. Along with our life story. <laughs> but be that as it may, friends, we'd like to call upon our soprano singer, the lovely Gertrude Crawler. Right over here, Gert. Gertrude, will you use that microphone we there? We call her Gussie, though. Yeah. Go ahead, gorgeous Gussie, and sing a little song for us. Here's question one on your New Haven Railroad quiz. Now, quickly now, what's the fare from Boston to New York? Oh, I should have said, how cheaply can you travel? 
Why, by New Haven, you pay only $7.92, including tax, for that fast, clean, air-conditioned Boston-New York ride. Now, that's real travel economy because no other form of transportation is so thrifty. Even your own automobile these days costs much more to operate than that. And by New Haven, you avoid hot highways and traffic jams and never worry about the weather. Rain or shine, New Haven takes you quickly and on time with never a canceled schedule. For extra travel comfort and dependability for real economy, next time go New Haven from Boston to New York. One way, only seven ninety two. Now back to Ray Goulding and the news. Thank you. Overseas. Oh, this isn't a time. new program. It's, this is Friday, you know. But thanks anyway, Gertrude. That was wonderful. This is the day we go down to the candy store and talk, oh, with, that, talk that with our only old, old philosopher. Sure. So now we take you to the store of Ben Dover. A homely little philosopher who sells bonbons and gooey candy all day long and has the chocolatey fingers in town. That's most chocolatey. Most chocolatey fingers in town. Yeah, well, I'm sitting here in my little candy store wondering whether anybody's going to come in with problems or nothing. Hello there, Ben. Somebody ought to be coming in pretty soon, I should I'm here, Ben. Look at me standing over here by the nougat stage. Uh-huh. How can you be here? You haven't opened the door oh, yet. Oh, sorry, yeah. Ben, I'm better. over here standing by the nugget stage. Yeah, hello there, Pete. So what's new? Oh, nothing. Just just selling candy here day after well, that's day. Off, Ben. See how Offering a bit of homely advice to anybody that comes in and asks for it a little bit. Well, look, I dropped down to see what you think of this. Yeah, all right. I got a job offer. All right. And, uh, what kind of job is this you got? It's on the road, selling. What are you going to sell? Well, potato chips. Say, that sounds like it might be mighty lucrative. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, of course, you might make some money. I was going to say, I don't know much about that. I think I get home, though. How far away you got to travel, Pete, on this job here? Oh, a radius of 75 miles. Yeah. Well, it's going one way. You got an automobile? No, I haven't. I'll have to walk it. Well, of course, that'd take a little longer. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, should I take it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take it. The cops are after you, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. They yeah, still right. want me on that bad check charge, sure. Yeah, well, I'd get out of town as quick as I can. Think so? I think that's the best advice, the solution to your problem. Should I cover up my trail as I go? I think that'd be a good idea, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I kept on just to get Anytime you. you want any more homely advice, just come around here. Ask me. I'm the homely advisor here. Okay, Ben. All right. Thanks a whole lot. Bye. And until the next time, so long now. And 30. That was Ben Dover, our homely philosopher. So much for Benny. Any more commercials we got to read, Bob? Oh, we've got two or three. We don't have to rush about them, I don't think. We only have two left, I reckon. Two, two left. Oh, well, that's a score. It's a regular bonanza today. We've had three, and we have two more. That figures out to five, friends. Yes. And Hi, hello, Mary. friends everywhere. It's certainly grand to be back with you all. Did you go back to Littleton last night and dig up that recipe for strawberry roll? No, I, I didn't. It clear slipped my mind, Bob. Well, you're kind I of got falling down started... on this job, I'm afraid. What? You're falling down on this job. Well, I don't know as I am, Bob. Uh, but I don't know what strawberry roan is. I probably have it in my file somewhere. I know, but you were... But I just can't your... recall just what roan is. Well, I can't either. Somebody wrote in and... and uh, it isn't like it roan the boat, is it? No, I don't think it is. Well, I don't know what the roan would be. Well, you've got to look through the file and try to dig it out if you can. Incidentally, are you going to be at the casino yes. tonight? Mm-hmm. Mm, Ray and I both. That's are. a lovely place, I hear. It is. Wonderful. Aren't you coming down with us? Well, I don't think I have the money. <laughs> oh, Ray and I'll take it. Well, wait a minute, Bob. Don't go make any rash promises. Well, I didn't mean to say that. That was a... I shouldn't Oh, have. I think that's lovely of you boys. Would you pick up the tab, you mean? 
Oh, yeah. uh, no, he didn't mean that. No, I didn't mean that, no. Kind of like a Dutch treat. Yeah, I mean, you pay your own way, man. Everybody Naturally. pays their own way, you know. Sure. I mean, you can't expect us to, you know, expense and so well, overhead and so forth. Well, I don't get any money for this program, you know. Shh, don't, don't. No, you don't well, I'm that. not a sh- I'm going to tell the whole world I about know, it. but you don't have to say it on this program. You two fellows ask, uh, act as though you pay me lots of money for coming up here. I get I nothing. Know, but it's just a little illusion we well, established. That's why I've come here today, seeking funds. Well, you can't do it on uh, our time. Send your Mary. money to me, Mary Margaret Magoon, care of this station. Just uh, put on the corner of the envelope, bank, and I'll know what it's for. Any box number or anything? No, just the word bank. Along with money, and I don't care whether it's crisp or not. You'll, you'll take crumpled up old bills. I don't care if they're 20 years old. It makes no difference. Just mm-hmm. so long as you can read the figure on them. Oh, and caution, have plenty of postage on those boxes of money that you sent in. We have been getting some boxes with postage due. Yes. And uh, it really, it's, it's beyond us to, to be able to pay for the... She was married. If the FCC hears about you making pleas for money on the air like this, we'll get into trouble, won't we, Bob? We might even have the whole program taken right off the air. Oh, perish the thought. That might happen. We may get a lot of mail for that, Bob. Well, well, don't we, ask for it again, Mary, will you? No, I won't. Okay. No, I won't You'll... say it anymore. Okay. Ten dollars will be swell. No, don't, don't bother with that now. Okay, That's sit down. Not, not a nice thing to do. Mary, why don't you help yourself to the chocolates? We have some That's nice right Cynthia chocolates over here today. Oh, you left them on the radiator. Well, that's all right. I like them this way. Eat them with a spoon, Bob. Okay. Incidentally, friends, we have... And I think I'll go get some mail right now. I think so. We have, I think we should we award... have some music while we do. All right. We'll have some music by uh, Kent Unbill, and I'll go get some letters, and, and we'll award some candy. The title of this fits their brand of music perfectly, too, doesn't it? What's the name of it? That Ain't Right. Oh. Just a moment, but first a word from my announcer. Got a nickel, got a phone, got a minute. 
Then uh, call Richmond. What's that? I didn't say that first gutter. Uh, got a nickel. Oh, no, I haven't, as a matter of fact. Well, <laughs> you got a phone that's paid for? No, sir. Well, you got a minute. Loads of them. Then call Richmond 217-50 now and enjoy television in your home today. Do you have television in your home? No, I ain't. A simple phone call and the House of Television, New England's largest exclusive television well, dealer, will deliver an admiral television console set to your home <laughs> without any obligation, without delay, without a penny's cost to you. Not just any television. Well, who pays for it, I mean? There's no charge at all. You mean I get television for nothing? The House of Television is taking this upon themselves to deliver a set to your home. For, for nothing? Yes. There ain't no money exchanged at any time. Not unless you want to keep the set. Then there's a Oh, slight... I thought it was a catch on it. Sure. This is oh, a, yeah, this yeah, that's is a... a great deal, that is. Yeah, sure, that's wonderful. This is a free trial in your home. Well, that's of... nifty. Sure, if I want it, I have to pay for it. Well, well, naturally, they're not world. giving these sets away. Boy, see? These are Admiral Television sets, oh. one of America's top brand names. You know oh, that. yeah, sure. They're nationally advertised from coast to coast. Boy, naturally. I've seen her ad in Cattleman's Magazine. Phone Richmond 21750 now. Special operators are awaiting your call. They have white masks on, white gowns, and they're all set with white scalpel. gloves. Yes. You arrange for your free home trial with them. You mean you talk to the operator, and they take down all the pertinent information? Yes. Now, just as address. an example, will you pick the phone up, Ray? And Hello? You have to, you have to call Richmond 2175. Oh. I wish we, we don't have a sound effect. Don't have a dial or anything, do we? No. <laughs> well, that'll take too long. That was Bill Green, everybody. Hello, is this Richmond uh, 21750? No, this is Rochester. You've got the wrong number, oh. I think. Try it again. You want to you want to get yes. it? Shall we go through with it? Yes. Is this Richmond two one seven five? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, well, I heard those two very swell boys on the radio. Ahmed Strom. No, uh, Bob and Ray. And, oh yes. And they said that we should call you and Presto will have a television set in our house for nothing. They said you could call me. Yes. They said to phone this number. Is this Richmond two one seven five zero? Yes. Yes, it is. That's the number here. Well, what about the it? house of television? You know. That's that's what he said. They got a free home trial offer. That's what we want. They're yeah. offering a television set to you. Yes, to me. Of course, if you want to keep it. I pay for it. You I pay understand for it. that part. You got all the facts down. Yes. Right. Yes. Bye. So long. We don't seem to get anywhere with those experimental calls. I wonder if that's the right operator. Is that one of the factory trained operators? I think it's the night watchman. It must be. But you can have one of these in your home right on time. You just tell them when you want the set, and they'll be there on time. Judge the you sensational... Tell them you want them there at 8 o'clock and they'll be there just in time for supper. Judge the sensational performance of Admiral Television for yourself. The price, get this, it'll surprise you. Hold on to your chair, friends. This will rock. The price is only $229.95 complete. Only $229.95? Oh. If you decide to buy, it's yours for as little as, get this, $22.95 down... Now, by quick mathematics, that's 10%. And up to two full years to pay. You see, $22.95, yeah. $229. Yeah, see see right. how that works out, mm-hmm. Reds? But right now, it's yours absolutely free. Yes, for nothing. No cost, no obligation, just plain free old trial. I wonder how long does this trial last? <clears throat> During John Swayze? I don't know how long it lasts, but long enough so you can see it, I'm sure. 15, 20 minutes, you figure? I should imagine at least that. Okay. I should imagine if you call Richmond 21750, that's House of Television, Richmond 21750. Now the afternoon news.
Wonderful advice, Bob. Certainly very, very good. Yes, we're not fooling on that, though. It's good, good sense. Now then, to Ward, some candy. You have some letters today? Yeah, here's a letter I want to read. Uh, it's sent in by Susan. I, uh, what's that? Is that uh, Bishop? That's the middle name? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, how would you pronounce the last name? Bob? That I wouldn't attempt to pronounce. Well, anyway, it's from uh, Franklin Street in Newton. From and Newton 58, friends. You know what? She, she goes on to say, I'm thrilled to death to let you know that I think that the shortest uh, connection between two points is a straight line because it costs five cents less on the NPA. And boy, that makes a lot of sense. Here's it's a It's timely. It's current. She says, I'm from Holland and am going back there this October. Wish I could take along a recorded version of one of your programs. Think this over, please. I'd be delighted. You won't find our newest album in your record store. In fact, Bob and I are thinking on going to Holland ourselves this uh, fall. Be a wonderful trip. Man. And uh, maybe we can have a matinee with uh, Hans and Fritz. Yeah, that'd be a good show. Over there. And uh, we'll let you know more about it. From uh, our vantage point atop a dike. Hey, somewhere. Bob, we have a thousand of our programs on record. Maybe we could uh, give one to... Uh, to take back to Holland. Take back to mm -hmm. uh, Holland. That would be a singular honor. I think we'll do that for her. And we'll also send her some candy to bring back to Holland with her. They travel well. <clears throat> well, it might be. It would be cool. Yeah. She could drag him along behind the boat. Uh, let me see. I must be able to award some more candy before that last commercial. This was one that kind of got me, that answer man thing. I don't know who it's from. From East The shortest distance between two points is a straight line because... If a guy like Ken Wilson tried to walk a crooked That's line, a winner. He might not make it, especially if his sneakers were full of oysters. Of course, a rugged person like Ray Willing could do it with his eyes closed. And I think he deserves I think something. he does. Does he give his name there? Yes, that's Richard Trembley of 285 Derby Street, Salem. P.S. He says, I'm hungry. He can't. He's nervous, too. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get some chocolates out to you, uh, Richard. Yes. And congratulations. You're another lucky winner on this program. Oh, all right. I'll well, stop the sturdily. Okay. You will. America's fastest greyhounds from America's foremost kennels go to post tonight in the great knife race at Wonderland Revere. It's an all-star feature event that will bring to post Harlan, Tolera Rose, Ruling Sultan, Stylish King, Welcome Stranger, Reno Kitty, Air Brakes, and Never Risk. See ten great races tonight at Wonderland, the Greyhound track that stars the champions. Post time, first race, 7.45. Daily double closes at 7.30. Revere is near, too, from Boston by MTA, from Maverick Station, from everywhere over wide highways. Floodlighted, free parking lots are provided for those who drive. So go Greyhound racing tonight at Wonderland, America's number one Greyhound track, where you always see the best. Part of all Greyhounds was impersonated. Well, that does it for today, friends. We'll be back again tomorrow at our regular time. Portions of this program were not on film. Ken Wilson played the organ, Bill Green the piano, Charlie Burgoyne, our engineer. It's not heard in Canada through their facilities either. If you heard it up there, it's your lucky. I certainly want to thank Catherine and Patricia Philbin for appearing today. They did swell on the show, didn't they? Oh, wonderful. We should have had them read the commercial. This is uh, WHDH in Boston. Stay tuned for Hopalong Cassidy next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for William Boyd as Hopalong Cassidy here on Theater of the Mind. It's Hopalong Cassidy.
With action and suspense, out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The Ring of the Silver Spurs heralds the most amazing man ever to ride the prairies of the early West, Hopalong Cassidy. This famous hero thrills his 60 million fans with action and dangerous adventure. In the role of Hopalong Cassidy is the popular star of the motion picture series, William Boyd. And now, another exciting story of the early West. The Sundown Kid. It was a strange meeting there on the dry stage-covered alkali flat five miles out of the little town of Saguaro. Hopalong pulled up in the shadow of a mesquite tree, squinted through the shimmering heat at the rider moving toward him on the trail, drooped over the saddle horn, his feet hanging loose out of the stirrups, his hat flung around his neck by the chin strap, leaving his head bare to the killing desert sun. Only when the dog-tired roan pulled up alongside him did Hoppy understand it. The kid was out of his head. No. No. Listen to me, Sal. You've got no right to treat me like this. What's the matter, kid? You ought to know what's the matter, Sally. We've been together long enough to know each other's minds, ain't we? I, I can't stand it no more, I tell you. I, I can't stand it. Mm, sunstroke. Come on over this way, fella. Let's get out of that sun. Yeah. Yeah, get out of the sun. Sun? <laughs> Why do I care about the sun? Wind. Rain. Winter blizzards. Come on now, come on. Yeah. I've seen them all, Sally. On the move. All is on the move. Ever since you gave me the sign. Come on, Sonny, snap out of it. Never forget that night, you know. When you told me. The kid was pale and sweating from the heat. His hair matted on his forehead. Hoppy started to put his hat back on. Then saw something else. We didn't have to split up, you know. Hmm, bullet crease over the ear. Looks like you've been in a gunfight, Sonny. Here, come on now. Snap out of it. No. Don't, Sal, please. You're out of your head, kid. Get a hold of yourself. Sally, don't hit me. Don't. Come on. Huh? That's it, Sonny. Look at me. Who, who are you? Hop along, Cassidy. Oh, what happened? Don't ask me. Looks like you've been in a gunfight for one thing. You got yourself a little too much sun. Gun? Gunfight? Yeah, bullet crease over your ear. I... I don't remember. Well, don't try to now. I wish I had some water, mister, but I'm as dry as you are. Five hot miles to town, but two miles to the north is a ranch on Clear Creek. I stopped there a while ago. I... I could use some water, I reckon. We'd better go back there. You stay on that horse? Yeah, I can make it. Only a few minutes from here. We can hold it. What's the matter? Cloud of dust down the trail there. Looks like a bunch of riders coming out from town. Maybe we better wait. Maybe maybe they got water. You uh you sure you don't remember anything about a gunfight? Yeah. I was thinking Yeah, they've stopped. They're trailing someone. That's a posse, Sonny. Why are you looking at me? I got no reason to. Except for that bullet crease. Want to stay here and find out what they want? You're playing them face up. That's the way I like it. I told you I got nothing to hide. Okay. 
We better head up the canyon to that ranch house. Mort Robertson. Yeah. Before we mosey up to the sheriff, I think we better find out more about that bullet crease. Let's go. few minutes after the meeting on the plane, that Hoppy and the kid ride up to the door of Mort Robertson's ranch house on Clear Creek. You all right? Yeah. Better get rid of your horse here for the time being. There you go, boy. We'll do to have the sheriff spot him around here. I just stopped by here a while ago, and I... Eddie. Hello, Kitty. Come in. You seem to know each other. Yes, Eddie and I are old friends. What's wrong? Eddie, you like look like you've been in a fight. Picked up a bullet crease somewhere. A gun fight. Eddie... He doesn't remember much about what happened, Miss. Maybe we'd better find a place to stretch you out, Eddie. There's a bed in here. You got any water, Kitty? I'm awful dry. Of course. Right away. Just lie down there and, and make yourself comfortable. Oh. You feel better? Yeah. Look, Eddie, I don't want to crowd you. But you better try to think. Right now. I I can't think. It's all a blank. When does the blank start? Last night. Now, don't ask me any more questions, Cassidy. My head hurts, eh? Okay, it's your funeral. What do you mean? I mean I'm walking out right now, unless you want to give me the whole story. Oh, I... Here you are, Eddie. Oh, thanks. What do you mean you're walking out, Mr. Cassidy? What is it? There's a sheriff's posse down on the flat. I think they're looking for Eddie. Why, Eddie? I'll try. I'll I'll try to think. That's better. What's the last thing you remember? The cantina. I hit town about nine last night. Been away for more than a year. I couldn't stand it any longer. I had to see Sally. Sally? That's his his wife. Yeah. Well, I guess I had too much to drink. Anyway, I left about eleven and headed for her place down at the edge of town. I remember knocking on the door and the funny look on her face when she let me in and I... Then what? That's all. That's all I remember. Next thing I knew, you were hitting me in the face out in the trail. Listen. The posse. Stay right where you are, Eddie. Come on, miss. We haven't seen him, understand? Uh, uh, all right. Go ahead. Afternoon, miss. Oh, Sheriff. Mind if I come in? Of course not. I won't make no bones about it, Miss Kitty. We're looking for Eddie Langtree. Or should I say, the sundown kid. Seems they call him that now he's an outlaw. Outlaw? Nothing real serious till now. I hear he's got into a few scrapes during the past year over to sundown and points out. What do you mean, uh, till now, Sheriff? This is Mr. Cassidy, Sheriff. Uh, how do you do? Well, to put it direct, Eddie Langtree's about three jumps ahead of a long rope. He, uh, 
He killed his wife last night. Shot her. I know he thinks a lot of you and your uncle, Miss Kitty. Figured this is the first place he'd head for. There are tracks leading up here from the flat. He's... he's not here. I said there was a pair of tracks leading up here. One set is mine. And and the other belongs to my uncle. He was in town last night, got home late. If you don't mind, I'll uh, take me a look in that other room. Who's that empty glass belong to? Me. I got dizzy from the sun and flopped on the bed for a spell. Hmm. Uh, you'll get in touch with me if he shows around here. Of course. I think you're lying, but there ain't much I can do right now. Nothing here, boys. He must be down in the flat. I still away, Gomez. Cassidy. Goodbye. How do you get out of there? The window. He must be down in the barn. Oh, we'll wait till they get out of sight, then we'll take a look. Kid, Cassidy. They gone? Yeah. Okay. Why the gun? Mort over there. You gonna put it away in it? Yeah. Come on. Mort wanted to give me away. Give me the gun, kid. Sure, here I... Huh? What's the matter? Well, this ain't my gun. Well, you were packing it, weren't you? Yeah, but look, it's a Walker Colt, an old one. I had a brand new Frontier with my initials on the handle. Let's see that. Two shots fired. Hmm. Why'd you want to give the kid away, Mort? Well, I... I... I can answer that, Mr. Cassidy, on account of me. He knows I... Well, I think a lot of Eddie and... And I don't want my niece mixed up with a murderer. Murderer? What do you mean? Wait a minute, kid. You heard about it, Mort? I was in town last night when it happened. You didn't tell me, Uncle Mort. Well, I knew it would break your heart, Kitty. Figure you'd hear soon enough. About what? Tell me. Tell me what it is. Your wife, Sally. Oh, no. She was shot last night. You... You've got to believe me, Cassidy. All of you... I wouldn't kill Sally. I couldn't. I love her. Yes, Eddie. I know you love her. You you do believe me, don't you, Kitty? I think we all do, Eddie. Now tell me, what happened between you and Sal? Why'd you split up a year ago? Usual reason, I reckon. Another guy. Who? I don't know. We had a fight and I left. Hit the trail. Kind of went wild for a year. Got into trouble, got into jail a couple of times. Busted out. Got blamed for a lot of things I didn't do. They call me the sundown kid like I was an outlaw or something. Uh, then what? Sally had a hold on me. I never knew what it was. But I finally gave up. I had to come back to her. 
That's how I ended up in the cantina last night. But I... I never killed her. You gotta believe that. We believe it, Eddie. Yeah? I'm sorry for what I did. I want you to know I believe you, too. Thanks, Mort. Come on, Eddie. Let's get back up to the house. You need some rest. Yeah. I'm... I'm awful tired. Um, Mort. Yes? You said you believed in him. How far does that go? As far as you want it to go. Will you help me? Will you help me clear him? Yes. Anything you say. Good. We're right under Sawara right now. It was two o'clock when Hoppy and Mort Robertson left the ranch house on Clear Creek. After three now, as they pulled up in front of Sheriff Pardee's office in Saguaro. There he is, on the porch. Evening, Sheriff. Oh, evening, Cassidy. Mort. Putting up a new poster, eh? That's right. Hmm, $500 reward, dead or alive. Eddie Langley, alias the Sundown Kid. Dead or alive? Yeah. The alive part don't mean nothing. If they bring him in at all, it'll be feet first. That's the usual custom around here? When a man kills a woman, it is. Any objections? Yeah. I'm listening. Where I come from, a man's entitled to a trial. The kid's had his trial. He was heard to threaten Sal over at the cantina last night. You see him going there. He was seen leaving town early this morning. So that means he killed her. In my book, it does. I guess you and I own different editions. Let me give you a tip, Cassidy. I don't know how it is where you come from, but if there's one thing that'll make the men of this town see red, it's a woman killer. They won't rest till they grind the kid's carcass into the dust. And anything you say will only make a matter. I'm not defending woman killers. I'm saying there's a good chance Eddie Lankery isn't one. Any idea who it is? I hear she was seeing another man. Who told you that? I keep my ears open. If there's another man, that means there's another suspect. You ever hear that said, Mort? Can't say I knew much about Sal, Sheriff. I knew her pretty well, Cassidy. And as far as I know, she wasn't courting anyone else. Hmm. Who saw the kid go into her house? Liz McKinnon. Lives down the street, just across from the cantina. Guess we'll get down and have a talk with her. Thanks, Sheriff. Uh, Cassidy. Yeah? You're mighty interested in the kid for an outsider. Ain't seen him lately, have you? That's one for you to chew on till we get back, Sheriff. Stick around. We won't be long. I tell you, that's all I know, Mr. Cassidy. I saw him go in and... What time? About 11. I went in the house here and into the back room to take off my hat. I thought I heard a noise, so I came back out and opened the door. I saw him leave. It's almost a hundred yards from here to Sal's doorway. It was dark last night. I don't care. I know it was him. I could tell by by his clothes. That's it. I could what tell. What did by... he have on? Why, why blue denims and a gray shirt. And... How do you know they were blue? You can't tell colors on a dark night at ten feet. Say nothing of three hundred. Stop it. Go on, Liz. We're waiting. You're lying, Liz. I'm not. I tell you. I'm... Forget the hysterics. Eddie Lankray had on a pair of black leather shaps when I met him on the trail this morning. That takes care of your identification. Now I want the truth this time. You and Sal were pretty close friends. 
He had a gentleman friend she was seeing on the sly. If anyone would know who he is, you would. I, I don't know anything about it. I hope you know what you're doing, Liz. There's a sign in the sheriff's office that'll send every man in this town out tomorrow morning hell-bent on bringing Eddie Langtree in dead. They'll never take him alive, even if he surrenders. On your say-so, they'll shoot him on sight. If that happens, Liz, if they kill him for someone else's crime, you'll have something to think about for a long, long time. You gonna talk, Liz? Or are we gonna stand here all night? I've told you all I know. Come on, Norton. I'm not telling you the kid is innocent, Sheriff. I'm just saying there's a chance he is. That woman's lying. I shot her story full of holes. Poppy. What is it, Mort? The posse. They got word somewhere. The kid's at the ranch. They're on the way. All right, Sheriff. You gonna let them shoot that kid down in cold blood? I, I don't know. Golly, Cassidy, what can I do? Mort, take off right now over the hills. You can cut across the saddle and get there ahead of the posse. Get him out of there. Off the ranch, you understand? Okay. We'll be right behind you. He's at Clear Creek? Yeah. Who tipped him off? No idea. Look, you gotta stop him. You're the only one who can do it. They'll say I'm out of my head. You're acting like it right now, Sheriff. Look, it makes as much sense this way as the other. The real killer, the other man she was seeing, was in the house with her when the kid knocked on the door. He hustled into the back room when the kid comes in, sees them in each other's arms, and shoots them both. Then, thinking to make it look like murder and suicide, he switches gun with the kid and leaves. Not knowing he only creased the kid, but he'd come to in a few minutes and walk out around midnight. Hey! If the murder was discovered last night, how come they let the kid leave town this morning? It wasn't discovered last night. They found Sal's body at 8 o'clock this morning. Oh. That's who it was. Liz! The posse just left. They're going to kill him. He's innocent. Sheriff, you've got to stop What do you mean? I, I lied. He told me he'd kill me if I talked, but I don't care now. Who are you talking about? I saw him leave the house, too, before Eddie did. He was seeing Sal, like Mr. Cassidy said. He's talking about Mort Robertson, Sheriff. That's why I thought the killing was discovered last night. Morton knew all about it, and he hasn't been in town all day. Jump and catfish, they'll kill Come on, we gotta stop him before he gets hold of that kid. What's the matter, Kitty? Why? You're all worried about me, ain't you? I can always tell when you're worried. Your eyes get a look. I, uh, I ain't worth it, Kitty. I, oh, I'd die for you, Eddie. You know, sometimes a man has to get himself in a spot like this to see things clear. It's kind of like I'd been riding in the fog all my life. And suddenly it lifts and I can see the sun. Oh, Eddie. Oh, kid, you're an angel. If they get me, kid, remember I did see the light. Don't even think it, Eddie. Mort, what is it? The posse's on the way here. We gotta get out. Well, when they leave, fifteen minutes. We'll hit up into the hills. Have you got a gun, Eddie? Just that old walker somebody swapped me for. But it'll do. Here, take a rifle. No place to pack it. Your horse saddle? Yeah, behind the house. Good. Let's get him. Goodbye, Kit. You'll make it, Eddie. You'll make it. I'm gonna try. I'll go up to Mort's room and watch for them. I can see way down the trail. Hurry up, Kit. Go on now. Good luck, Eddie. Thanks. Good luck. Uh... 
Hold it, Sheriff. See anything? Look, across the canyon, past the ranch house. Yeah. Climbing out of the canyon, going across the ridge. We'll never catch him now. He'll shoot the kid in cold blood. Took up some story for the posse. Only one thing to do, Sheriff. Give me your Winchester. You'll never make it, Cassidy. That's 1,500 yards. Wind blowing, moving target. I said target. give me the rifle. You're liable to hit the kid. I've got to try. Better get down and find me a stone for a gun rest. Ain't got much time. They're almost up to the notch. Pull up, kid. Huh? Well, what are we... I said pull up. Okay. What's the idea, Mort? You ain't going no farther, Eddie. You're stopping right here. Huh? You turned on me, see? You tried to kill me and make a getaway before that posse caught up. They'll believe that, Eddie. Because that's what they want to believe. What are you talking about, Mort? Put down that gun! Why? I'm going to kill you with it, ain't I? You're crazy, Mort! No. I'm smart. The 500, huh? You want Cut the... it. I loved her too, kid. She was going to marry me. So she heard you were coming back. Sal? You and Sal? Yeah. She won't do it no more, though. You won't either. If you got any prayers, kid, you better stop. <laughs> Mort, what happened? Rifle shot. Right through the head. You all right, kid? Yeah. He killed Sal. He just told me. We know. Golly, one second later and he would have... Where were you, Hoppy? Across the canyon. We saw you heading for the notch. <clears throat> Mind if I say you're a pretty fair shot with a rifle? Uh, uh Sheriff, uh, Sheriff. Maybe you'd better hustle down to the ranch house and uh, head off the posse. They're coming up the canyon now. Tell them we've taken care of the murder of Sally Langtree. Kid? Yes, sir? Uh, some of the boys outside in the posse want to talk to you. Why? Mm, well... Apologize is a kind of weak word to use on a man you've been hell-bent to kill. But it's uh, something along those lines. I see. I already gave him a prime piece of my mind. You may as well do the same thing, Eddie. Uh, well, I uh, I think you know how we all feel, kid. Uh, <laughs> kind of like crawling in the nearest coyote hole and pulling it in after. You could have been feeling a lot worse about now, Sheriff. Yeah. Go ahead, Eddie. Talk to them. Don't go away, kid. I'll be right back. Don't worry. I'll never go away. You see, uh, I got a lot of apologizing to do, too. It's all right now. Everything's all right. You know, Kitty, by tomorrow I'll be known as the best rifle shot in the Southwest. How's your shoulder feel, honey? Mm, pretty sore. A 450 sharp rifle isn't exactly a woman's weapon. I've seen him knock a grown man right off his feet. I... I wasn't thinking of that. You see, I thought of Mort right away when you said she'd been killed with a walker coat. I knew he had one, but I couldn't believe he... Sure. Oh, I had the rifle in my hand when I went up to his room to look for the posse. That's when I found Eddie's frontier with his initials on the handle. That's when I knew it was Mort. So you just laid the barrel down on the windowsill and pointed her up the trail and... Don't, Sheriff. I don't want to think about it anymore. All right, Kitty. Don't worry. 
The sheriff and I have got a secret to keep, though. Not that I want to ride around with a barred reputation because of Eddie. Eddie? Yeah. Men are funny, Kitty. They got a lot of pride. Like to think they do most everything better than a woman. Don't know exactly how Eddie'd uh, take it if he knew his bride-to-be could hit a moving target at a thousand yards with a four fifty sharp rifle. <laughs> This means it's so long from Hopalong Cassidy once again. He's riding back to the Bar 20 bunkhouse to sit with California and all the other waddies round an open fire and tell of the exciting little escapade you just heard. If you'd like more of these two-gun adventures of Hoppies, don't forget you can see him in the fine Hopalong Cassidy pictures at your local theater. Meanwhile, we're hoping you'll tune in next time Hopalong rides the airwaves to bring you more action out of the Old West. Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd, is transcribed and produced in the West by Walter White, Jr. The Sundown Kid was written by Harold Swanton. All stories are based upon the characters created by Clarence E. Mulford. This is a Commodore production. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Duffy's Tavern, followed by a new episode of Nightbeat. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.